0: Hey there, future friends! This week, we stand for our beliefs and Ghost Dog Goes Full Christmas. This is the week of December 4th, 2020, and we're back! everyone welcome to the show and welcome back i know it's been a while look i have a million different excuses on why i haven't been here all month but they're just that they're excuses so we're back yay i do have some news about being back i had considered having the show go back to its old format because i was looking at the release schedule and there are a lot more movies but i realized that Since we're still in COVID country, a lot of theaters have shut back down. Not just Regal anymore, but AMC's shut down. Uh, Cinelux, I'm not sure if they're just a local one for us, but they've shut down. A new movie coming out starring Viola Davis, my my wife just told me this, is only coming out in seven theaters in the country. And it's not even some obscure indie film. It's just that those are the only ones that are taking it. And there were two movies this week getting a nationwide release. Uh, The first is All My Life. You know what? Let me talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Let me, right now, go into what this show is. My future friends, this show is Future Flicks with Billiam. And on this show, normally what we would do is we would talk about any new news and new trailers that have come out since the last episode. And then I would tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week that you could go see in theaters. But guess what? No theaters are open. I mean, I guess a few are, but... For the most part, it would just be an exercise in futility. And a lot of these movies are coming out to video on demand. But like, like, really, who is going to actively search for one of these movies that are just getting releases, not even on one of the streaming services? Nothing, nothing against these movies. There are quite a few that seemed interesting, but it just seemed like it wasn't time yet. So this week, the movies we're going to talk about are the Trial of the Chicago 7 from last month and a new one called Jingle Jangle on Netflix. Trial of the Chicago 7 also on Netflix, so a double Netflix month, yay! But let me tell you about, uh, since I did go through the trouble of doing all of the show notes like I normally do, before I stopped to look at if any theaters were open, uh, I should uh, enjoy my work a little bit. So let's talk about the ones just really briefly that are actually coming out on some sort of streaming service. Uh, The first is Sound of Metal, about a heavy metal drummer's life that's thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. So guess what? Losing your hearing is a big deal for anyone, let alone a musician. And the trailer actually didn't make it clear if he was losing his hearing because of his profession Or maybe he was he was taking precautions and wearing earplugs, but maybe it was hereditary or I I don't know. All I do know is that this did look well acted, looked like a very interesting idea because he goes to a a uh, I don't want to say summer camp retreat of sorts. Or he goes to this place where it seems like a place for deaf people to learn sign language and learn learn how to be deaf. And this stars Riz Ahmed from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Olivia Cooke from Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. And this comes out on Amazon Prime this week. Also, uh, let me see. One I'm disappointed about because I kind of wanted to see it for the holiday season was a documentary called Dear Santa about Operation Santa, a program in the United States where letters that are sent to Santa, someone adopts that letter and gets the kid what they want. Uh, Netflix is getting a movie called Mank. This looks really good. This is a David Fincher movie, and I know he's hit or miss for a lot of people. I think this looks good. This follows screenwriter Herman J. McKenzie or Mank, uh and his tumultuous development of Orson Welles's iconic masterpiece, Citizen Kane. So this stars Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, uh, Tom Pelfrey, I think, Arliss Howard, Tuppets Middleton, and Charles Dance. And it looks really good, uh, coming on Disney Plus. Uh, we may even talk about this next week. We'll see. Godmothered this is about a young and unskilled fairy godmother who ventures out onto her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request was ignored. But guess what? That young girl is no longer young. She's now an adult. This stars Gillian Bell as the godmother, uh, Isla Fisher as the girl, Santiago Cabrera, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, June Squibb, and Jane Curtin. And I, I just have to talk about this. I just have to talk about this one movie. It, it's called, and it, it does look interesting, except for a couple scenes in the trailer that made me just wonder what the f*** were they thinking, called Love, Weddings, and Other Disasters. This is a multi-story romantic comedy about the people who work on weddings to create them, uh, to create the perfect day for a loving couple while their own relationships are outlandish, odd, crazy, and far from perfect. The main love story is between Jeremy Irons from movies like The Man in the Iron Mask and Diane Keaton from Annie Hall. Diane Keaton plays a blind woman. Jeremy Irons, not blind. But there's this scene where Jeremy Irons goes up to Diane Keaton with a blindfold and he says, I want to know what you go through. And so she leads him through the city with a blindfold. And I get what they're trying to do, but it just comes off as so try-hard and idiotic. And actually, that's it for the movies coming out on... Um, coming out on streaming, and everything I wanted to complain about. Uh, there's an interesting documentary coming out, limited release, called Billy, about Billie Holiday. But you know what? That That's really it. Um, and it's really a shame, because some of these movies that are coming out to limited release sound interesting. Like, there, there's one with Aaron Eckhart and Tommy Lee Jones. Come on, that's a great cast right there. Uh, there's another with, uh, where are those people? Oh, a Francis McDormand movie? But I think a lot of these places should put them all on video on demand, or make some deal with Netflix, Hulu, uh, HBO Max, uh, Amazon Prime, any of these things, just because no one's gonna see it. How many tickets are you gonna sell? 20? And you can't even use the argument that they're trying to make sure that this can be up for an Oscar or n- another award, because a lot of these award ceremonies, including the Oscars, are making an exception because of COVID, because normally, to be nominated for an Oscar, a movie has to be in theaters for a set amount of time. That's why certain movies Netflix throws out there in theaters, so they can be up for these awards. But the Academy, who decided to do something right for once in their goddamn lives, are changing the rules on that. I forgot exactly how the rules are changed. I know there was it was supposed to be like, oh, did it actually have a planned A planned physical or physical, a planned nationwide release, and had to go to VOD. Okay, then we'll consider it. But but do you remember a couple months ago when theaters were trying to open again before things got worse, and all these theaters were, all all these movie companies were still pulling their movies. So theaters were like, hey, you have to give us something to release, and the only thing that was really out was a tenant. That was the time for these movies, when there actually were theaters open, when it was just Regal that was shutting down, that is when you should have done it, but now when there's another nationwide lockdown, true we never actually left lockdown, at least we didn't hear. but now that there's another nationwide lockdown, now's not the time. Well my future friends, let us jump into our first segment, let's actually get into the show now. So the first segment, which as always, is the news. It's just in from Hollywood, the news. All right, my future friends, guess what? In the month I haven't done an episode, I know I have missed so many news stories. Uh, for the most part, I am going to skip a lot of those news stories. And I'm sorry, yes, but even the, those we have lost in that time, I'm just going to talk about stories I noticed from this week. And the first is about Deadpool 3. Yes, Disney has officially green-lighted Deadpool 3. And this is a story from Flickering Myth. We know who the writers are, and it's Bob Ber- Bob's Burgers writers, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux. Malinou Something M-O-L-Y-N-E-U-X. So they're writers and producers on Bob's Burgers and have been so for nine years. And you know what? I like this move. I think if anyone can really grasp the the true spirit of Deadpool, I think it is Bob's Burgers. Nothing is fully known about the story so far. All we know is the rumor that this is going to further involve the X-Force. The X-Force, which we just got a small taste of in Deadpool 2. So there's no set release date, of course. Uh, We only know that Ryan Reynolds has officially signed on to reprise his role as Deadpool. Anything else by this point, at least, is just speculation. I'm recording this on uh, November 30th. This next story comes to us from IGN we now have an answer to the possibility of recasting chadwick boseman as black panther and we now know that they're not going to recast and instead they're going to give shuri a bigger role when it comes to this story i'm actually getting conflicting reports when i when i look up different stories on different sites or the same story on different sites it says different things some say that's only a rumor that Shuri is going to take a bigger role. Others saying that it's been confirmed that she's going to take a bigger role. But right now, the speculation is that they're going to go with the storyline where Shuri becomes Black Panther after T'Challa dies. So far, what we know is Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and Angela Bassett are expected to return and filming will begin July next year. My future friends, this next story comes to us from Variety. Predator 5 has been greenlit. That's right, the fifth movie in the Predator series has been greenlit by 20th Century Studios, now owned by Disney, of course, and the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, Dan Trachtenberg, has been picked to direct this. The writer is going to be Patrick Eisen, A-I-S-O-N, who has written for TV on shows like Kingdom, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, and Treadstone. And my future friends, This next story comes to us from our friends at PC Invasion. If you heard rumors about a Tetris movie, you are right. There is going to be a Tetris movie coming out. But wait, just like the title of this article says, it's not as stupid as it sounds. So far, this is set to star Taron Egerton. Of course, that can change, of course. But this film will reportedly delve into the legal battles which took place during the Cold War over ownership of the game. I remember quite a few years ago, um, oh, what was that old webcomic called? I think it's still around. Penny Arcade made a joke poster about Tetris the movie, and then that awful movie Pixels came out, and then I remember it made that question again, like, are they ever going to do a Tetris movie? And now they are, but yay! It's not going to be some stupid CG-filled piece of crap. This is set to release in 2021, but it has not started filming yet, so we'll see if that actually is the case. Uh, One of the actors that we have lost this last week, uh, so I am going to talk about it in the news, is David Prowse. Of course, you've heard about this if you're a nerd at all. He was the actor who played Darth Vader. We all know James Earl Jones voiced Darth Vader, but David Prowse was the actor in the suit. He was 85 years old. This next story comes to us from Cinema Blend, and it was kind of a misleading article name. The article is titled, Chris Hemsworth Reveals How Many Sequels to Netflix's Extraction They Hope to Make. And the reason why I say it was kind of misleading is that the answer is a couple. Literally, in an interview, Chris Hemsworth said that he is very thankful for uh, all the support, and the the movie did well for a Netflix movie, and that they hope to make a couple more. So there's no actual number, but hey... We know that if you did like Extraction, you can hold your breath for another movie. And my future friends, before I look for more news stories that just came out or anything that came out today, let me tell you about this last one. It's not really something I would normally talk about on the show, but I just want to say something in case you just happen to see the title and you don't read the article and you're like, oh no, maybe this is going to be bad. There is Spider-Man 3 news and it's called Frustrating Development. And apparently it throws the movie into question. No, none of that. So apparently the school in Georgia, I think, that some of the parts of the first two Spider-Man movies were recorded in, apparently they got the okay, Marvel got the okay, to, to be in those schools again and to record in those schools again. The reason this was ever news was because the school district had put a ban on any movies using any of the schools until Marvel went, hey, here's some money. The school board went, yeah, okay. We'll take this money and now they can film it in the school. So apparently parents are frustrated because their, their kids aren't allowed to go to school, but they say, "Oh, but Marvel can use this?" Well, of course they can f- use it, you mouth-breathing moron. Maybe schools are closed to keep your fucking dumbass kids safe because they have parents too f- Being stupid to do it themselves. And maybe Marvel is a professional company that has the health of their employees to think about, so they're going to take all the necessary precautions. Maybe that's the case. Maybe a bunch of working people on a movie set are different from your kids. All of you, my future friends, all of you were formerly kids at one point. I know this because that's how the world works. Tell me if you were a kid. High school age, middle school age, it doesn't matter. If you were a school age kid now, do you think you would have kept your mask on all day? Or would it just be like breaking any other rule at school? You know how not to get caught, and that's how you do it. All right, my future friends, I didn't see anything else that jumped out at me in the news. As always, if I missed something, let me know. And any of the stories from last month you want to hear my opinion on or you think I should talk about, let me know that as well, and I will. Well, my future friends, it is time for the first break, and then we'll jump into everyone's favorite segment, so please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, Video games, comics, was sprinkles with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on
1: SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. And that's right, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. All right, my future friends, we have the first trailer or one of the first trailers, I think ones have come out before, but the first new trailer for Chaos Walking, this is a movie based on a series of books by author Patrick Ness, and it stars Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen, Nick Jonas, I'm a sucker for Nick Jonas, Cynthia Erivo, David Oyelowo, Damien Bichir, and other people as well, but this is a dystopian world where there are no women, and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called NOISE, with a capital N. Alright, so the trailer made this look like a typical big-budget adventure film. It looks very typical of the genre. The premise, in my opinion, sounds pretty stupid, but here's the caveat to that. I love Patrick Ness. I have not read a Patrick Ness book that I haven't liked. This movie is based on the first book in the chaos walking series called the knife of never letting go and out of the ones i've read i've read a monster calls uh, these are novels not anything in a series monster calls one of my favorite books of all time i've read more than this and oh jesus christ only two well i've just read two of his books and i really did like him so i do have hope for this even though the premise sounds a little stupid and the main cast of tom holland daisy ridley And Mads Mickelson does give me hope. This is set to come out January 2021. So, January 22nd, 2021. But, you know, we'll see if that actually happens because this is a long awaited release. It was supposed to come out this year. It's been pushed back two or three times already. And, you know what? If theaters aren't open by the time this is ready, I would fully expect the studio to pull it and hold on to it until everything's fully back to normal. Though if any theaters are open, like at least one or two of the major chains are open, then I think they should release it. Because I heard a lot of people saying when there were just like a couple chains open earlier before everything shut down again, that theaters need to understand they have to take a hit and release movies anyway, just to get life back into theaters, just to get people used to going to theaters again and to make everything better. If they keep holding back everything big until things are fully back to normal, then I think it will look really bad for the cinema world. All right, my future friends. Next up, we have a an ironic movie. That's not really ironic because it's very purposeful, but you, you'll see. So this is a movie called Songbird, and if you look up on IMDb, it says com- comedy, drama, romance, but... It's anything but a comedy. This is a drama thriller by Adam Mason, who did movies like Blood River and The Devil's Chair, if you've ever heard of those. And it's produced by Michael Bay, so it could be utter s***. We'll see. But this is about COVID-23. Yes, COVID-23 comes out in 2024, and it ravages the world's cities. And this follows a young man who's immune and could travel all around, And uh, his girlfriend, who isn't and has to stay inside. But it's also about more than that. It's about the fact that the military is fully involved. If you become sick, the military will come for you and take you away and throw you into a camp for sick people. If you are seen walking around and they know you're sick, they'll just shoot you on sight. And this stars KJ Apa from Riverdale, Sophia Carson from Descendants. Uh, Craig Robinson, Bradley Whitford, Alexander Daddario, Peter Stormare, and Demi Moore, and that's a pretty good cast right there, but here's why I think it's a little ironic, because it's coming out this year, set to come out on December 11th, so next week, and it doesn't look like it's going straight to streaming, it looks like it's getting a—oh, it is getting an internet release, I'm so sorry— This is a VOD release next week, but this seems like one of those movies that you see a trailer for and you forget all about it. And longtime listeners will know exactly where I'm going with this. You forget all about it. And then one day you see it in a bargain bin at Walmart or Target or Best Buy for a couple bucks. and You're like, oh, what's this movie? I remember seeing this trailer and then you watch it. And you're like, okay, that's not bad. It was exactly worth the sale price I paid. That's the kind of vibes I get from this movie. Next up in the trailer trove, we have a film that I didn't believe it when I first heard about it. And I even mentioned in a blog I wrote about my least anticipated movies of 2020. Just find out it was officially pushed back to 2021. And that movie is called Tom and Jerry. That's right. Tom and Jerry, about the mouse and cat, that old cartoon from Hanna-Barbera. No, it's a real movie, just like in the vein of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or more recently Smurfs and Woody Woodpecker. This is a mix of live action and animation, and this is about Tom and Jerry needing a new home for some weird reason. I don't know why, and they wind up in New York City in some swanky hotel, And Jerry winds up living there. Tom can't get in until they realize they have a mouse problem. They let Tom in to fix a problem. And guess what? He doesn't fix a problem because Jerry always gets the better of him. This does have an interesting cast of uh, Michael Pena, Ken Jeong. uh, Let me see. Colin Jost, Chloe Grace Moretz. But it just looks terrible. I mean, if you have kids, just show them the original cartoons. Don't show them this shit which comes out March 5th, 2021. All right, folks, three more trailers to talk about. The next one is for a film coming out on December 10th, so very soon, going straight to HBO Max called Let Them All Talk. This is about a famous author who goes on a cruise ship with her friends and nephew in an effort to find fun and happiness while she comes to terms with her troubled past. And part of that is maybe her friends don't think she's that great anymore. This stars Meryl Streep, Diane West, Candace Bergen, Lucas Hedges, and Gemma Chan. And it looks okay. I mean, if you already get HBO Max, watch it. Why not? It's kind of like the laundromat on Netflix, which I didn't like, but it's free and you already get the service. So check this out. I love how I sell- sold that. <laughs> Just check it out. What do you have to lose? My future friends, the next movie is Regina King's feature film directorial debut and it's a movie called one night in miami and this is a fictional account of a true event and it takes place wait for it one night in miami when muhammad ali malcolm x sam cook and jim brown all gathered together discussing their various roles in the civil rights movement and had one hell of a night so we know that Or historically, we know that Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, and Jim Brown really did gather together one night in Miami. What happened isn't public knowledge. I I don't know, maybe in one of their their biographies, it says. But for the most part, they had to make it up of what happened during this night. And this movie looks really good. This is coming to Amazon Prime on January 15th it may get, it may still get a limited theatrical release starting on Christmas. Maybe. Do not, do not hold me to that. I just know Prime Video, January 15th. And remember, it's streaming. They can do whatever the hell they want. So maybe they'll switch the dates. Maybe it'll come out on streaming December 25th. Who knows? All I know is that within the next couple months, this movie will be out on Amazon Prime. And what's a shame is that if it currently wasn't Corona Country, this may have gotten a wider release in theaters, because I think it's a movie that's worth it. It looks amazing. The guy who plays Muhammad Ali, okay, who is it? Eli Gore, sounds and looks like Muhammad Ali. This just looks like an impressive film. And finally, we have a Netflix original movie coming January 7th, 2021, starring the likes of Vanessa Kirby, Shia LaBeouf, and Ellen Bernstein, uh, oh, and uh, Eliza slushinger 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 whatever uh and molly parker and this is about a grieving woman who embarks on an emotional journey after the loss of her baby so we have this couple and they decide to get a midwife and have a home birth uh, not a true one but hey it could have happened of a family that decides to have a home birth uh th- and there's something wrong with the midwife she's emotionally compromised somehow the baby dies the mother and father just want to move on but the grandmother or the who would have been the baby's grandmother decides to sue the midwife because she believes something wrong happened so we have this woman coming to terms with the loss of her baby this husband dealing with the loss of his baby too and what his wife is going through and his own sadness the grandmother being sad as well and dealing with this by suing the other woman the uh the midwife and it just sounds like a huge cluster this looks like one of those well acted but terribly depressing films and if you want to watch this it comes out january 7th on netflix all right my future friends that is it for the trailer trove once again just like with the news if i missed something you think i should talk about or one of the trailers that came out during November that I didn't talk about. If you think you want to hear my opinion, let me know, and I'll talk about it in the next episode. But for now, let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on Nerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on nerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds in the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, my future friends, we are back. We are back with the first movie of the week, which is one that I talked about in the last episode. That's called The Trial of the Chicago 7. This is the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. This stars, and I'm just going down in the order IMDb said, Eddie Redmayne from The Theory of Everything, Alex Sharp from The Hustle, Sasha Baron Cohen from Borat, Jeremy Strong from The Big Short, John Carroll Lynch from Fargo, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II from Aquaman, The Amazing Mark Rylance from Dunkirk, Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Inception, Ben Schenkman from Pi, JC McKenzie from The Wolf of Wall Street, Frank Jella from Frost Nixon, Michael Keaton from Batman, and Noah Robbins from Miss Sloan. So I'm assuming, my future friends, that none of you were actually alive for this. God knows I wasn't, but who knows? Maybe I have some older listeners, but if you are not familiar with this, this was during Vietnam and during the Democratic National Convention, a lot of anti-war protesters were hoping for a Democrat, a good Democrat to be nominated at the convention to go up against the Republican, who at the time was Richard Nixon. So this was Hubert Humphrey versus Richard Nixon. This movie starts before the nominee is even made. Because there's a Vietnam War peaceful protest happening in a park near where the convention's taking place. And then so we have the the governor, or I forgot exactly who it was, of Chicago, or maybe the, uh, the governor of Illinois, mayor of Chicago, I don't know who it was, surrounding the park with cops, basically. And we all know what happens when a large group of protesters and a large group of cops come together. And if your answer was drink beer and play cards against humanity, I'm sorry, you're wrong. To be fair, that's probably what should happen. That'd be much cooler. But no, a uh, a riot broke out, and the question was, who caused it? So the seven people uh, technically eight, because we have Bobby Seale, who was there at the time, who was the head of the Black Panthers, thrown into the mix even though he was not there and then so we have this sham of a trial that starts 100 percent sham of a trial because right off the bat you realize that judge julius hoffman is a gigantic piece of sh- who i hope got shingles on his dick because he would deserve it my future friends You know I don't make the show political. I don't. As you know, I live in California, in Sankers County, a very liberal area. You could probably guess where I fall. But I don't like to make the show political because movies are what should bring us together. And historically, I don't like political-themed documentaries because it's usually just one side jerking itself off, going, oh, look how great I am. Here's the money shot. Oh, Hillary or or Trump or who I don't know who the it is at the time. But with the with movies like this, we have the benefit of history. We have the benefit of time passing. So more information can come out so we can look back on this with clear eyes, because this isn't about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. This isn't about any of that stuff. What this is about is something that happened back in 1968. And now we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the judge judge julius hoffman was woefully unfair and biased towards the prosecution we can assume that he's a horribly racist son of a bitch because of the way he treated bobby seal we know that police brutality was rampant during this whole thing we know that both sides had people looking for a fight but we can look back and know this stuff, and we can't do that now, during everything that's going on in 2020. Hell, we can't even do that back in 2016. Unfortunately, to get a really clear view of things, we're going to, we're going to have to wait and see how future generations look at it, just like this. So the question is, this is written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Did Aaron Sorkin have an agenda when he wrote and directed this yes probably i don't know when he started working on this but i bet you anything that the black lives matter movement the cases of george floyd and brianna taylor you you know these played some part in this even if the if most of the filming was done by the time george floyd and brianna taylor were murdered even if principal filming was done somewhere in this Somewhere in post-production, somewhere in the back of Aaron Sorkin's mind, current events played a part in telling this story. Why else would it come out now? Why else would something so topical come out now? So here's the painfully obvious thing that you should probably know. If you are so far right that you're about to fall off the edge, maybe don't watch this. Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you wouldn't sympathize with the good guys. But if you can sit back and watch this as a movie, if you can sit back and watch this as a piece of theatrical art, if you can do that, then watch this movie. This was good. I thought this was really well done. It was wonderfully acted. I think it was put together quite well. The order of the scenes, the flashbacks, how everything happened made so much sense. Aaron Sorkin is a master of what he does. And because we know the name Aaron Sorkin, this could be very easy for you. You could hate him, because you don't like his style, and that's perfectly fine. Don't watch this. You could love him, because you watched West Wing, and you loved that shit. Watch this. And this movie, one good sign for this movie, is that if you look at that distended anus of a website, Rotten Tomatoes, the soulless, heartless critics, and real live flesh and blood people agree on this film. Both the tomato meter and the audience score have a 90% with 269 critics having reviewed it and 1,224 human beings having rated it. That's really good. Meta score on Metacritic is 76. That's still in the green. 7.9 on IMDb from 63,000 people, almost 64,000. Critics and human beings are agreeing on this movie. So if you are not somehow automatically on the side who would not want to watch this for whatever reason be it your be it your political beliefs be it you just don't like Aaron Sorkin maybe you just don't like historical drama if you're not one of those people check this out because this is really well acted and really well done and I've seen a lot of movies Franklin Jella has done and never before have I wanted to punch that man in the face because he is a national treasure but good god did I want to punch him in his face. And the good news, at the end of the movie, it tells you how everything eventually turns out. It tells you, so you don't have to Google it. Yay for that. This goes on that list of movies that I really enjoyed, but I may never watch again. Not because it's super dark and depressing like Foxcatcher, but just because I I don't feel the need. I saw it. I liked it. Let's move on. Maybe because it lacks the fun that is so necessary for a rewatch, or... Just because it it just didn't wow me enough to be rewatchable. But it wowed me enough to be enjoyable. The Trial of the Chicago 7 gets an 8. Out of 11. Alright folks, let's take one more break before we get into the final movie. So let's hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. So please stay tuned.
1: There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach wall-to-wall filthy fucking language
0: go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there I'm like yeah, <laughs> the yeah. did i even come here for
1: with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction
0: the mother is a mouth breather
1: gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of shut the fuck up how the fuck did we get here fuck all that i did. a jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on iTunes iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: All right, my future friends, welcome back to the show. It is time for the second and final movie of this episode. And you know what? It's time to start the Christmas season. It really is. And that movie is called Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey an eccentric toy maker loses his spark and it's up to his adventurous granddaughter to help him bring the magic back. This stars Forrest Whitaker from The Last King of Scotland, newcomer Madeline Mills, Keegan-Michael Key from Keanu, Felicia Rashad from The Cosby Show, Anika Noni Rose who's the voice of Tiana in The Princess and the Frog, Justin Cornwell from Training Day the TV show, Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey, and featuring the voice of Ricky Martin. So quick note about Anika Noni Rose, I picked Princess and the Frog, even though you never see her in it, just because that, that's her most popular thing, and I haven't seen the other movies she's known for, so I really don't know what a prominent role she is in that. So I thought I'd be safe. And yes, it is Christmas time already. And let's be honest. In years past, when people started getting stoked for Christmas in late November, even really early December, others would have a fit. Because that's all let's be honest, there are a bunch of haters out there who are like, hey you are trying to celebrate a holiday early. I don't like that. So you shouldn't do it. So I'm going to bitch about it. But this year, it seems like we're all on the same page. It seems like, yes, 2020 has sucked donkey balls. So it's okay that Christmas is starting early. It's okay that Christmas is going to be something that's going on the whole month. Because when we put up a bunch of our Christmas products at work, no one said a thing. Normally some customer feels the need to stop and go, it's too early for that. I'm a sack of shit. But this year, no one did it. Also this year, I've already been driving around and seeing Christmas decorations up. I saw them up before December started. People have already been watching Christmas movies, And it's because we need it. We need this joyous season. So Anne and I jumped right into it. And let's be honest, even without 2020, I know my wife would have wanted to jump right into it anyway. And I would have been game because it's a great season. I love it. I love the movies. I love the cheer. I love the decorations. And when I was younger, I was always disappointed because my family would put up the decorations like one or two weeks before Christmas. Two if I was lucky. And then take it down before January. Anne and I just started watching a TV show called Merry, Happy, Whatever. It's the one starring uh, Dennis Quaid. And let's be honest, <laughs> in this day, Dennis Quaid is the better of the Quades. But the reason I bring the show up is because in this show, it's a couple a day or two before Christmas. And then the, guys, the guy, uh, his character's name is Don, is putting up the decorations because he says his wife had it one way. You put the decorations up before, right before Christmas, you take them down right after. And I would hate that. And apparently that is a thing people do, and it blows my mind. It blows my mind. How can you live like that? What sort of tiny Grinch heart do you have? Okay, if it's like a money thing, you can't afford it, and you're saving up for decorations in a tree, that I understand. I can fully understand that. But but anything else, I'm just like, no, I, I, I don't get it. Okay, anyway, let's talk about Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle is about a woman, or a young woman, I mean, a girl named... What's her name? Journey. Oh, that's right. Her name is Journey. And way back when, uh, when her mother was still a little girl, her father, Jeronicus Jangle, the greatest inventor and wonderful toy maker, got ripped off by his assistant, Gustafsson. Gustafson sees the opportunity to steal a brand new groundbreaking toy that Jeronicus has made steal his book of inventions and run off. Dronicus is then just grief-stricken. He can't believe it and he loses his gift. He can't come up with any other new ideas and he also can't prove that Gustafson stole the stole the work. So Dronicus's life takes a huge downturn. They can't pay the rent anymore. They're having to sell things off all the while his former assistant Gustafson becomes the new biggest toy maker becomes filthy rich because each year he is releasing one design from Geronicus's book. And then we find out that Geronicus's wife, Joanne, dies, and he doesn't think he can be a good father anymore, so he sends his daughter away. Or he doesn't send his daughter away, she leaves. She finally uh, gets enough money and she leaves because he just says, you know, I can't be a father to you, I'm terrible, I'm not worth anything. And then we fast forward years later until she now has a kid of her own. Her kid is brilliant is just like her father, just as brilliant as her father. And Jeronicus sends a letter saying, hey, I want to get to know my granddaughter. Why don't you send her down here for a little bit before Christmas? You can come pick her up Christmas day and I'll get to know her. And that's how everything starts because we learned that Gustafsson has run out of ideas from the book he stole from Jeronicus. So he needs a new idea. So he's trying to think he's like, oh, I bet Jeronicus has has an idea somewhere, so he starts spying on him and learns that Journey is onto something. Journey has found an old invention, not of Jeronicus's, but of her mother, Jo not Joanne, above, of, of her mother, Jessica. And that's how everything spirals kind of out of control. It's not not too chaotic, but that's really where the adventure starts. And there's something I didn't know about this movie until we started watching it. And it's that it's a musical. It's a musical that is produced by the amazing John Legend. Because the songs are are pretty good. Because that's that's the big question we have when we talk about a musical is how memorable are the songs? Well, not just memorable, but how much how much do you actually like them? How how do they make you feel? Because let's be honest, older plays, older musicals have an advantage because their songs are already famous. So that's why I take something groundbreaking like Hamilton, like Avenue Q like Dear Evan Hansen, to blow up. And unfortunately, Jingle Jangle isn't going to blow up. But it doesn't have to, because it's a fun Christmas movie. We don't watch Christmas movies because they're amazing pieces of art. At least I don't, and I hope you don't, because your list is probably very small, if that's what you do. But we watch movies during the holiday because they help put us in the Christmas spirit, because they make us smile. The good news is that Jingle Jangle Christmas Journey is actually good. Compared to a lot of the Christmas movies out there, I would say it's much better quality. And then I also recently just watched the two Princess Switch movies, which are also on Netflix, Uh, Vanessa Hudgens starring... Christmas films. I liked those films. They made me smile. They were cute, but they were not good films. They were just fun. They were enjoyable. They made me think of the Christmas season, because both of those films are very Christmassy. It never lets you forget that it's Christmas. Jingle Jangle is a better quality movie. It has a bonus of being a new and original musical, and it is very Christmassy. The, the Christmas spirit is everywhere in the film, mainly because Journey it kind of embodies it while she... Tries to work on melting Geronicus's frozen heart, and I do have to say, uh, a week or two after watching that film, I can't remember. I-, I can't remember many of the songs. I only remember two songs, and even then, I can't remember many of the words. Because let's be honest, I just watched it once. But the two songs that I remember fondly and I liked were first Gustafsson's song sung by Keegan Michael Key, and then Journey's one of Journey's solos. Which was well done because she's also a good singer. Because let's be honest, when, when we have kids singing in movies, there are two types. They're the types that are actually good. And then the types that bank on you going, aw, what a cute kid. And focusing on that instead of the fact that they're kind of not great singers. Madeline Mills is a good singer. The cast of this film was also very good. Forrest Whitaker is just amazing. I love me some Forrest Whitaker. If you haven't watched Ghost Dog, do yourself a favor. Watch Ghost Dog. Keegan-Michael Key, I think he's just minutes away from exploding because he's been in a lot of great things. He's been in a lot of memorable things, and I think it's just a matter of time before he becomes a true A-lister. And then we also have in this a really good supporting cast, including Lisa Davina Phillip, who um, hasn't really done much, but she was really good. She just added a bunch of joy to everything. And then Ricky Martin, who does the voice of Don Juan Diego, the toy, the groundbreaking toy that Jeronicus makes, but he, he's also alive somehow. He has like artificial intelligence, I guess, without being a computer. And he's the one that convinces Gustafsson to steal him and the book and helps him become a multimillionaire, there's so many elements of this movie that could have gotten old really fast, but they didn't. I think the movie was paced well. I think they did everything quite well, especially considering that's a Christmas movie where we're going to be a little more forgiving about it, at least me, and I hope you are too. I hope you're more forgiving of Christmas movies. So at the end of the day, what we have is a movie that I hope goes on your future Christmas list, something that can be watched every year, because it's good, it's very seasonal, it's very uplifting, it's a, it's a, it is a it's a, catchy musical, even though I can only remember two songs, but I did really like those songs. It's a good family movie, it is rated PG, there's, there's not much that I wouldn't show to a kid any age. In fact, I can't think of a- any reason why a kid of any age could watch this, I just think it's PG because there's some action in it. And if you ever want to know how much bullshit the the MPAA rating system is, just watch that episode of Adam Ruins Everything where he talks about it, where it's really just kind of a guess. There there really are no hard rules. Despite what people think they know of like, oh, a PG-13 movie can just say f*** once. But anyway, a PG movie, fun for the whole family. It is predictable, but in the right way, where you can see where it's going, but you want it to happen, and it makes you feel happy when it does. Like I already t- I mentioned the Princess Switch movies, I knew how those both were gonna end. It's pretty obvious where they were going, but I liked it. I liked where it was going. I liked the romance. I liked the cuteness of everything. It really worked. It's like Home Alone or what's another one? Elf, you you know where they're going. The, the movie has one clear path and it's going to take that path and it's okay that it does because that's what we expect of a movie of this type. And what I also notice about this movie, it probably won't happen, but it seems like it was also made so it could easily be a stage play. It could easily be a, a stage play with just like three or four set changes. Jeronicus' house, Gustafson's lab, outside somewhere, some random place where you can have all these middle scenes take place, and then Jeronicus' workshop. That's all you would really need. But by this point, it's obvious I'm, I'm just rambling, but I, I enjoyed this. I really did. I think every one of you, should have a massive list of Christmas movies you want to watch. I think it's okay to, once December starts, or hell, once Thanksgiving ends, to start watching them. You could even do it scientifically, with sarcastic air quotes, and put movies like The Holiday in the very front, where it takes place around Christmas, but it's not super Christmassy, and end with something that's Christmas straight up the ass, like Elf or Home Alone, Miracle on 34th Street, But however you do it, I hope you get into the spirit this year. Because remember, this isn't just a religious holiday. This is a family holiday. This is a holiday for everyone. And everyone should have a fat stack of movies they're going to watch this season. This movie should go on that list. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey gets an 8 out of 11. All right, my future friends, that is it for the movies. Let us take our break, our final break, that is. Before we get into the question of the week, and while we take this break, I will see if anyone actually answered the last one. And if not, let's just have a fresh start, shall we?
1: Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, we're Doing, doing fine. fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract
0: us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because
1: we're, we're doing fine. fine.
0: All right, we are back. Thank you, Robbie and Lisa for that. Well, little ad. And now we're back with the question of the week and then the movies we're going to watch for next week. So first let's talk about the question of the week. No, I did not see any answers, um, but it has been a month. So Brian Q frat, Matt, critter uh the three usuals who answer my questions if you did answer and i missed it at least this time i have an excuse it's been a month and um i really should take note of when questions are answered once it happens but guess what i don't do that yet yay so if you did just just send me a gentle reminder but let's think about the question for this week and i know that when it comes to seasonal questions i really just have a couple i ask and i ask them all every year but let's come up with something different let's come up with the question give me your christmas movie dreamcast maybe it's just one person maybe it's a couple people tell me who hasn't been in a christmas movie yet but you've always wanted to see and you know what i'm gonna be honest don't if you don't want to do a lot of research into it by looking up your actors imdb don't just use your best guess i promise i won't be a dick if you're wrong (laughs) so once again that question is who is your Christmas movie Dreamcast? All right, my future friends, let's talk about the movies for next week are as follows. First, we have The Princess Switch, switched again on Netflix. And I will talk about the first Princess Switch movie before that, too. And then The Happiest Season. The Happiest Season is a brand new one on Hulu, starring Kristen Stewart, and Mackenzie Davis, more importantly dan levy also mary steenburgen victor garber allison brie it's, it's a good cast and uh directed and written by clea duvall Claire duvall if you don't remember her from the faculty bigger in the 90s or early 2000s one of the two anyway those are your two movies we princess switch switched again on netflix happiest season on hulu so my future friends that is it for the episode and you know what, I promise you things will go back to the old way as soon as it makes sense to. Because th- this week just did not make sense for that. It's like, hey folks, here are all the movies coming out in theaters. Can you see any of them? F- no, you can't. But seriously, this time, really, here we go with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. As well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then, how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at S W N. You can email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com and please consider supporting the show on patreon you can find a link in the show notes and also on the somewhat nerdy site be sure to check out the other shows in the network somewhat nerdy radio and nerds of the squared circle don't forget to support the friends of the show you've heard their ads tonight please check out my personal blog billiamthenerd.com and then finally my dear friends My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.